Are you really going to do this on my episode? Really? Just to sneak in? No, no. Hi, and welcome to Meet Your Heroes. I'm Audrey. And I'm Elliot. And this is the show where we ignore the very good conventional wisdom to never meet your heroes, and instead get up close and personal with the lesser known legacies and real life bad behavior of some of history's most notable and beloved people. We have a quick episode this week. My favorite kind, not wasting time. No jibber jabber. No, I I will say, so we had a fan request for this person and I... I end up doing a full episode worth of research. And here's the problem. Some historical people are actually not actually super shitty. Sure. And and here's the thing. If you're not actually super shitty. Or weird. Or or super weird, then Or surprising. Some of our folks are like, oh, this doesn't make it into the the canonical lore of this person. Some of it's just interesting. I think most everybody, if you dig in, has some interesting parts about them. I feel like the spirit of Meet Your Heroes is all about, like, unexpectedly bad, unexpectedly weird, very strange. And not everybody is like that, which one is a point of evidence to say, like, for the people who are actually super terrible and are, like, much worse than you would expect, they didn't have to be like that. Mm-hmm. Not everybody is actually that bad when you dig into them. Yeah. Uh, but when somebody is like, generally the kind of person you'd expect but has a few unturned stones in their life story Mm -hmm. uh we tend to do a quicker episode we like to call the meet and greet we do like to call it that do we have meet and greet music we do not i feel like we should have to fix that soon i will not be responsible for that meet and greet like that sure sure that's on you man uh, you're welcome to do that while I edit this episode. You can make the meet and greet uh, jingle. Were you not paying attention? I just did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what you're not getting. I'll save that little clip. I'll use it in the future. Thanks. I appreciate that. Uh, so without further ado, uh, fan request and all around pretty interesting person. Let's meet. Mr. Jimi Hendrix. Audrey, what do you know about Jimi Hendrix? I know Woodstock. I mm-hmm. know guitar. Yep. I know what he looks like. I know that he's part of the 27 Club. And that's about it. Yes, the 27 Club, for those of you who are not familiar, is the tragic club of famous musicians or artists who died by the time they were 27, uh, usually at the age of 27 specifically. And I just want to point out, this reinforces the astrology theme, because what they did was die right before Saturn returns. So they, they lived their one lifetime before Saturn returned, and then they were done. They didn't, they didn't get a rebirth with Saturn coming through sort of like reinvigorating their life bringing them more close closer to their purpose they did it all are you really going to do this on my I episode am, yeah really? yes Just sneaking, no, no i feel like no. the 27 club is a great example or a, an opportunity to highlight saturn's return when you're like between 28 and 30 ish <sighs> mm-hmm. but if you live a full life before that maybe you don't need that second go around 
Well, okay. This, what I will say is he did leave a full life, although left us far too soon. Most people, I think, know Jimi Hendrix's uh, iconic performance of the national anthem at Woodstock. The Jimi Hendrix Experience, as his band was called, only released three albums. He was only active in the like popular culture for four years before he died. And so he had a very brief but in- extremely illustrious career. One of the greatest musicians and spe- specifically electric guitar players of all time. Sure. Uh, we have five surprising facts from his life for you today. Hit me with him. Start at the top. Let's start in chronological order. All right. Interesting fact number one. Little Johnny Allen Hendricks had, as a child, an emotional support broom. Tell me more. Yes. So he's born in Seattle, Johnny Allen Hendricks, and uh, honestly had a very shitty childhood. Oh, no. Uh, Dad was shipped off, like, right after his parents got married, so never met his dad when he was born. Uh Dad didn't show up till he was, like, four or five years old. Violence, alcoholism, uh foster care all of his younger siblings never even lived in the house they were just shipped straight to foster care him and his brother separated basically at some point he had all these songs in his head he was trying to sing them he really wanted a guitar his dad refused to buy him a guitar and so in school he would carry around this broom and like and pretend to play it like an air guitar and just wouldn't let it part it became like this compulsive thing and the school social worker actually applied for special grant funding to be like, if this child doesn't get a guitar, it's going to like deepen his trauma. Please get this child who's like walking around with a broom of guitar. And they got denied for the funding and his dad refused to buy no. one. Yes. And so for years of his life, he just carried around this broom until one day in an odd job, uh, he was cleaning out like people's yards and he found an old broken ukulele with one string and like begged the house owner to let him keep it. And that is where he started to actually learn to play stringed instruments. Yeah, it was uh, it was very tragic. It honestly is worse, but without going into it, just like not not a good time. Yeah, I feel like that's an example of of sort of like when you know, like children, children know. Like they know what they're supposed to do. They know who they are. They're so connected to what gives them life that sometimes it it is bursting from them so profoundly that they have to get a broom instead of a guitar because they can't help themselves. Cannot help themselves. Which actually leads us into... Interesting fact number two, when he did ultimately learn to play guitar, Jimi Hendrix always played guitar his entire life upside down and backwards. What? Why? So again, it's all sad. After carrying around this guitar for years, getting a ukulele, finally saves up enough money, buys his first guitar for $5, uh, $50 in today's money-ish. Okay. And when he goes to buy it, uh, all guitars by default generally are built for right-handers. And that means that the deepest string is on the top and the highest note string is on the bottom when you're holding it. But he was left-handed. Whoops. So what he did was he just took this right-handed guitar and like switched it over, which was backwards from the way it was designed to be played. So the body of it Mm -hmm. didn't fit him at all. But that also meant all the strings were upside down this whole time. And he only had this one guitar. It took him years to get it. And his father was not very understanding. Uh, like his father was, the, everybody just hated his dad. He hated his dad. Like his dad would beat him with a belt to try to beat the left-handedness out of him as a kid. Oh, no. 
so my dad is left-handed and that was not an uncommon practice. My dad did not get beaten like that. But in schools, especially like religious schools, it is well documented that nuns would do that. That they would like try and beat the left-handedness out of children. Yeah, it did not work. He continued to play this way for the rest of his life. But it just goes to tell you like, there were not any, everything he learned basically, he learned totally on his own by ear. There was no like guide or resource or like, somebody he could look up to to help teach him technique and stuff. He just like sure. did it his own way and still came out with like this incredibly unique style inspired by all of this incredible music he heard as a child. Wow. Interesting fact number three, mm-hmm. performing career did not start great. He was fired from his first gig before the gig was over. Oh, like right in the middle, they were like, you're done. You're done. They actually took a break between sets and fired him in the middle of the show and just finished no. the second half without a guitar player. Yes. What? So in Seattle, he was playing with this band of friends and they were playing in the basement of a synagogue in in Seattle Okay. for a dance or something. You got to start somewhere. Yeah. He had had his acoustic guitar and for a while, like he played with bands and he's like, he wasn't satisfied that people could hear him. So eventually years later, he saves up, he gets an electric guitar. As a teenager, he's got this. He plays this first half of the gig with the rest of the band and halfway through, they're like, you're just fucking showing off. This is like, you're too loud. Oh, he you're, was too good, you were, not yes. too bad. He was, oh. he was like, he was getting way too ornate. He was just like very loud. He was not holding back. He had like been waiting his whole life to play a gig like this. And they were just like, nope, you're out. And he didn't even let him finish. They made him pack up and go home before the thing was over. I assumed it was because he was not good enough, but it was just that he was better than all of them. Yeah, better slash louder and more persistent, like making sure you heard his guitar playing for sure. Sure. Yeah, you wait long enough and your showmanship has to it, again it's like bursting at the seams you can't stop it you cannot cannot stop it uh which brings us to interesting fact number four Uh-oh. once he was finally a professional musician they kicked him out of the army because he didn't give a fuck about being a soldier he okay. hung around the army base and like started f- playing gigs and stuff he finally moves to new york gets hired plays in little richard's band Mm. and Little Richard fires him for just being a show-off, exactly why he got fired in the first thing. Now, apparently, it was worse, because now he was also, like, making their bus late because he wouldn't stop, like, trying to pick up girls at the shows, and he was just, like, super, like, out of pocket all the time, just, like, didn't give a fuck. But also, in the shows themselves, Little Richard is quite the showman, and... Yeah, you can't... You can't outshine yeah, Little you can't, Richard. you can't have your guitar player, like, trying to, like, compete with little Richard for stage spotlight, like not going to work. So as talented as he was fired from that gig as well. And now just kind of like playing clubs in New York, trying to make a living on his own, Uh, which brings us to interesting fact. Number five, we're at the end already during this period of time. um, As he is forming his band that will eventually become the Jimi Hendrix experience. He is playing shows uh, he has one band member who is 17 years old. He's like 19 at the time, uh, maybe, oh, maybe okay. 20, 21. The um, old man of the group. Yeah, right. The 17-year-old virgin who joins this band. Well, that's, a, that's quite the qualifier. He is a virgin. This is part of the story. The okay. 17-year-old virgin joins, and he says that as a band, each of them had sex with approximately 300 women in the first year what? of playing together as a band. 
So each, like, there's like five of them, so like 60 each. There's three of them. That's like almost a thousand women. Oh, so each of them had each sex. of them like had sex at a least new person every single day, multiple for like a year. in in most days. Like like not every single day, but like they would have sex like with somebody backstage and then go home with somebody else after the show. Just like that sounds unhygienic. Yeah, drug, sex, and rock and roll as a as a phrase was not coined until the seventies, but sure. they are definitely living the lifestyle. Uh, okay, lots of drugs, lots of psychedelics. Lots of sex all over the place. Consenting adults? Yes. Living living the lifestyle. And I said five, but actually I have one more bonus interesting fact. Okay. To really Whoa. put a point on how drug, sex, and rock and roll they were at this point. Great. Go make these three albums. They get signed by an agent. He has a terrible contract that like really fucks him over for a while, but he goes to the UK where he gets a new agent. Does these three incredible albums, number one, actually number two, Sgt. Pepper's Only Hearts Could Play and Octomoth, number one. But yeah. he's number two uh, album, like going fucking wild with the party scene, comes back to New York to play a club opening, I think. Yeah, it was a nightclub okay. opening. The interesting fact is that Jimi Hendrix was once kidnapped for an entire weekend no. by wannabe mobsters and never even realized it. What? Yes. So he was, th- this party sounded fucking wild. One of the guys who was there, um, and this was confirmed by his, by Jimi Hendrix's biographer. So they didn't believe the story at first, but he did a bunch of research, got third party validation of all these details. At this nightclub opening, uh, one of the guys, the manager said they had movie stars and models. One of the Kennedys was like waiting to get in or something. They put quaaludes in the punch. And he said like, at the Ooh. time, they called the Quaaludes, quote unquote, leg openers, because it really- We talked about this in the Hugh Hefner episode. Yeah. Remember? Yes. Um, episode number 17, in case folks are wondering. I know how do you remember that? Oh, you know, there's a lot of useless information in my head. But the fact that we've been doing this for two years, this is episode 99, and I can list all of them in order. It's top of the list. Oh, my God. We got we to gotta do something special for 100. I didn't even realize. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. Okay. Well, anyway, so they put Quaaludes in. Apparently, people were just like taking their clothes off in the middle of the club. It was getting wild. But yeah. Th- but there were these two guys who weren't like quite mafia members, but were, uh, as he put it, like wise guy wannabes. They hmm. recognized Jimi Hendrix. They saw an opportunity. They were like, hey, man, you want to buy some Coke? And he was like, yeah, 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 for sure. So they get him back to their apartment, start doing drugs, and then call his manager. And they're like, hey, we kidnapped Jimi Hendrix. No, no. Uh, we don't want a ransom. We want you to sign over the rights to manage him. Because they thought like that was more valuable than whatever money they were going to get up front. Turns, I mean, that's probably true. Yeah, probably. But these guys were super stupid. There were like 50 witnesses. They immediately <laughs> figured out who it was. Um, they figured out where they were hiding him. They went, got him back. Uh, apparently on the phone, they said like, let Jimmy go or you're dead. Do not harm a hair of his afro. And oh, track them specific. down. Apparently, they didn't kill the guys, uh, but he did say they gave them a beating they would never forget. Okay. And- I feel like any beating in general is one you don't forget. They made a point of making okay. sure it was memorable. 
Okay. And then when they were like, Jimmy, how are you doing? He was like, fucking fine, man. Where you been? We've been doing some great coke. And he, he was so high this entire weekend. He did not him. actually understand at all that he was anywhere except in somebody's apartment doing drugs like he wanted. Listen, if you're going to be kidnapped, that's the way to do it. That the way to do is it the way is to, to be it. so high that you are having a good time. Like you don't even know there's a ransom on your head. What a treat. Yes. Yes. Um, this was at the tail end of his career. Uh, he does do one really cool thing after this. After Jimi Hendrix experience breaks up, he starts an all black band because his other two band members were white in the Jimi Hendrix experience with one of mm-hmm. his old army buddies who he played with and uh, the famous drummer Buddy Miles. Um, so it was Buddy, Billy Cox and Buddy Miles and him. They played Madison Square Garden. Uh, but that band called Band of Gypsies, uh, not super ideal name anymore uh but that's what they called themselves uh does some of his best guitar playing work plays the track machine Mm -hmm. gun it's his first and only live album while he's alive uh but then unfortunately the next year ods while he's on his european tour and dies a tragic barbiturates yeah it takes he it was sleeping pills it turns out barbiturates yeah he ended up just taking a handful and didn't realize that nine pills was 20 times the usual dose it was supposed to be like half pills. Anyway. Yeah. You shouldn't just take like a unit of measure for any pills should not be handful. Yeah. Like that's never good. You, you don't even want to take vitamin D by the handful. No vitamin C. You don't, you don't want to take a multivitamin by the handful. Handful is a bad unit of measure for any pill. It really is. It really is. So asphyxiates yeah. in his sleep, uh, buried back in Seattle. Womp. Lived a Ew. full life in a short time. And uh, very glad to meet Mr. Johnny Allen slash James Marshall, because his parents do legally change his name when he's four, slash Jimmy James, which he calls himself for a while on the tour, slash Jimi Hendrix. It is nice to meet and greet Jimi Hendrix. Yes, please stay tuned. Episode 100 apparently coming up. How wild is that? Something like that. Yeah. Hard to believe. I mean, it's hard to believe, you know? You start a podcast a month or two before a global pandemic and time just flies. Every week, you're surprised it's here again. Time to record. You've done none of the research. You can't believe it. It's just every week, the days start coming and they don't stop coming. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would not recommend starting a podcast right before a global pandemic. I would recommend a global pandemic in general, frankly. Sure, sure. Yeah, or starting a podcast. Or, yeah, either one. Either one. To be fair. To be fair. There's too many of us in the market already. But if you but, do happen to find yourself in the middle of a global pandemic and you mm-hmm. would like to relive the past two years as much as you possibly can. You got 98 other episodes to go through. If people are interested in those, where can they find them? They can find us on social media at Your Heroes Pod or on our website at MeetYourHeroesPodcast.com. Yep, and please like, share, rate, review, spread the word, tell your friends. And until next week, don't be a hero. Don't be a hero. Bye.